Hey everyone, it's Danny Burke of VEASAN's Rush Hour. Be sure to check out my podcast, the Chicago CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. We dive into the betting angles for all of the Chicago teams. If you're from Chicago or just a fan of any of the Chicago sports teams and you want to become a sharper better, this is the podcast for you. So subscribe, follow, and listen to the Chicago CityCast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts readily made available to you. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome in everyone to another edition of the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host. As always, can get in touch with me on the tweets at Danny Burke Five. A big show coming your way for this episode. We are previewing the Thanksgiving matchup, if that's what you want to call it. I'm sure there's a lot of different adjectives you can use to describe what we might see up in Detroit for the game between the Bears and the Lions. But we're going over all the props. We're obviously talking about the updated game lines, where it's moved, the first half betting opportunities, and a bunch of player props that could be a good opportunity to place a wager on. So let's jump right into it. Looking at the updated line. Now, this thing opened about three and a half, went up to four in favor of the Bears. Now it's down to three. That's right. The Lions have been getting the betting attention. They are catching three. And if you want to take the three, you're laying a little bit more. Minus 112 for Detroit as opposed to laying three with the Bears is minus 109. Money line, Chicago minus 159. Detroit plus 140. Total dipped down a considerable amount to 41 and a half, and yet it's still shaded to the under minus 113. The over 41 and a half is minus 108. I if this was still at three and a half, I would have to take Detroit. I mean, even at three, that would be the only angle I would go with. And because the more I'm thinking about this game and the more I'm looking at the injury report, I think Detroit knows, like we kind of said in the last episode, that you got a weak, wounded animal in Chicago, and they're going to go out there and take advantage of it on Thanksgiving, a game where they obviously love to play in. I mean, both of these teams do, but you always think of the Lions. And not that that's going to guarantee them a win, but it's just something they take pride in, of course. And you look at the Bears injury report, I mean, just going to run down through it on ESPN. I mean, Damian Williams, questionable. Calf slash knee was out again Tuesday's walkthrough. Justin Fields, we know, I mean, he's not going to play. It's going to be Andy Dalton. Darnell Mooney is, he was limited on Tuesday. He's questionable. I think Darnell plays. However, Allen Robinson, I do not foresee playing. And if you think about it now, on my show Rush Hour, last night I was talking with Mike Pritchard. He's a former NFL player. He's a current host at VEASAN betting across America. And I was very excited to talk to him about this game because I, I asked him about, you know, the locker room perspective. As a player, how do you look to handle this game on a short week with a holiday with everything going on? And look, basically, after the reports we've heard, he's saying like, look, at this point in the season with a team that's kind of crumbling like this, and I'm paraphrasing, but at this point, it's almost individualistic in the sense that you're, you're you're looking out for yourself at this point in the season. Khalil Mack not coming back in the surgery. Uh, Justin Fields, he's like, well, maybe some of his representatives are going, hey, you know, don't risk your body for this year, for this coach, etc. Not that that's the case, but it is something that could be a legit thing. 
And I think Allen Robinson is a perfect example of that. You know, someone whose contract will see what happens at the end of the year, if the Bears bring him back, if they sign him, which I don't think they do. So why is Allen Robinson going to go if he's not 100% for a team that obviously he hasn't been having a great year with, for a quarterback that he doesn't have as much chemistry with, and for a coach that maybe he was the guy who started the rumor about with his podcast partner, Jordan Schultz, who tweeted it out, even though he denied it, said, I'm a grown-ass man. If I want to say something, I'll say it. But still, the point is... He was a non-participant on Tuesday for the Bears' walkthrough practice. Didn't play last week. You think he's going to do the tur the turnaround in a short week and play in this game? I think he's looking out for his future. I think he knows he's not going to be a Bear going down the road. And I think he knows and for sure realizes that the locker room is lost. I'm not saying he's the one who said the rumor. But I do think he is a guy that is absolutely fed up with all this crap that's happened this year. From the lack of receptions targets and just overall success his team and himself have had this year why come back on a short week on a holiday why do you want to be a part of a game that you might lose to the team that has no wins he doesn't want that on his record and I'm not saying he has quit in him because he's endured a lot of bs throughout his tenure tenure as a bear but I just don't foresee Allen Robinson coming back, which shoots up Darnell Mooney's stock up, which we'll get to with his props. But at the same time, overall for the Bears, while he hasn't been as productive, it's just kind of sending a message and shoots the stock down for wanting to bet the Bears. Duke Shelley, cornerback, he's on IR. Okay, Akeem Hicks, questionable. Is he going to risk it at his age? Akeem Hicks is a little bit different, but still. Eddie Jackson. You think Eddie Jackson's going to want to try to come back for this game? I doubt it. I don't know. I wouldn't think so. On Friday, obviously, Trevathan was put on the IR because old Mac we know is out. Tevin Jenkins was back on Monday, but we'll see. I, the point is, this Bears team is incredibly banged up. And I get so is Detroit, but also Jared Goff. Now, the report was head coach Dan Campbell said the quarterback is leaning in the direction of starting the team's Thanksgiving Day game against the Bears. Eric Woodyard of uh, ESPN.com reported it. He goes on to say it's 60% that Goff starts leaning toward 50-50. Campbell said noting that Goff looked good in the Lions walk through practice. I think Jared Goff is going to play in this game. Because, again, this is a game they want to win and know they can win. So why not just give it your all in this spot and finally try to get that win without Sean McVay and in a spot where it's a very live opportunity to do so. So I get the betting love coming for Detroit. And I, I don't think it should be because Andy Dalton's in instead of Justin Fields. I get it. Justin Fields creates a lot more opportunities. We have established this time and time again. But I think it's almost beneficial in the sense that the playbook is simplified. And you don't have to be so pissed about the terrible play calling. It's still going to happen. But with Andy Dalton, at least you can have somewhat of a normal type of philosophy, I guess. Or scheme, whatever it may be. Or just keep giving it to Montgomery and hope he goes for three bills like he did the last time against the Lions. But regardless, I think golf will play. I don't think you'll see Robinson... I don't know about Hicks or Jackson, but I wouldn't bank on it. Why rush it for a short week at this point in the season with a team that's done, hates their coach, thinking that he's a dead man walking? Why put it out in the line in that spot? You do it for yourself. You do it for your teammates. I get it. But more so, you're thinking about your career. It is a business at the end of the day. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears are limping into this matchup. So, uh, no, I can't bet the Bears in this game. And even if they were healthy, I mean, I couldn't. Because Nagy, Nagy is the reason I'm not going to bet this game, 
You don't know what that chemistry is going to be like coming out. You don't know. Well, you know he's going to have bad play calling. But still, it's such a weird dynamic. The only way we're going to understand what to get out of this Bears team is when we actually see it. You know for the better part what you're going to get out of Detroit. They're going to come up and ready to kick some ass. I mean, they've done that in many games this year. Even though it's Detroit and they find incredible ways to lose and sometimes get stomped out, at least they keep fighting. At least they keep fighting for their coach, Dan Campbell, and rally around it. They show passion. They've been dealing with a plethora of injuries, but they're finding a way to still be competitive, and they see this as an opportunity to finally get over the hump and get the win. That's why I think if you're going to bet this, it sucks to say it. <laughs> and I didn't want to say it. And I didn't think we'd have to say it. But you're probably taking the points with Detroit with the spread at three. Ideally, it was three and a half. That's why you kind of missed it. But look, I just can't put any faith in this Bears team at this point. I really can't. Total-wise, it's too low. No interest. Maybe would look at the first half angle. So let's get into it with those first half betting opportunities. Starting with the first half three-way betting line where the Bears are minus 136. The Lions are plus 140. And you could bet for there to be a tie, which knowing how bad these teams are, honestly may not be a bad option. Plus 1050. Now you can also do the tie no bet scenario where you're not getting as good of odds on each respective team. But if it does tie, you would get your money back. Whereas in the three-way selection, if you don't bet the tie and it does tie, you don't get your money back. But in the tie no bet scenario, Bears minus 162, Lions are plus 123. Also, sorry, by the way, my voice is a little bit hoarse here. Still recovering from chanting Fire Nagy on Sunday. And look, we've had a couple of Friendsgivings leading up to Thanksgiving. So uh, we've been screaming, playing some games at our friends' places. So uh, I beg your pardon for the kind of rusty voice here, but I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep it going. I'll try to be loud. Um, Bears are 4-6 and six on the first half money line this season. Lions are 1-8-1 one, one on the first half money line. The only time they were leading was Week 2 at Green Bay, 17-14. They were tied 10-10 at half with Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago. Spread for this game, it actually varies depending on where you're looking, but Bet Rivers has the Bears minus 1.5, and, and if you want to lay the one in the hook with Chicago, it's minus 122. If you want to take the point and a half with Detroit, it's minus 107. Like we always do, we look to apply it to every first half. And if we applied a one-and-a-half point favorite for the Bears every game this year, uh, they would be 4-6 and six ATS just like they would be 4-6 and six straight up. Every time they've won, they've covered one-and-a-half. Okay, The Lions, they are 1-8-1 one, and one on the first half money line, as we know. But ATS-wise, believe it or not, catching a point-and-a-half, they're 3-7 and seven ATS. They've tied one time, and they've trailed by one another time. So, look, not too shabby with the Lions. First half's a little bit different when it comes to the spreads versus the full games, naturally. All right. With that being said, no, I don't want to touch anything spread money line. Again, I, I don't trust the Bears, and I don't have enough confidence in the Lions to get out to a hot start because they've been terrible in the first half, guys. I mean, they've been awful. They're averaging only 5.9 first half points per game, which is 31st, second worst in the NFL. They're allowing 14.9 first half points per game, which is 31st, second worst in the NFL. Bears are averaging 7.1 first half points per game. That is 30th, but they're allowing 10 first half points per game, which is 11th. 
So that's why you can't trust the spread or money line here. Heck, that's why maybe you just go with this game to be tied at plus 1050. I honestly might do that. Throw a little bit of lunch money, half unit, just some chump change on it just to have some fun and hopefully get a big payout. Could be something to root for. Uh, but total points is where the interest should lie here. Now, 20 and a half is the number at Bet Rivers. I'm seeing some spots with 21, but at 20 and a half, it's shaded to the over minus 120, the unders minus 110. If you're looking to bet under, make sure you get the 21, in my opinion. Uh, the Bears over under record at 20 and a half, despite that being at 20 and a half, is two and seven. The only two games it's gone over was 13 to nine when they were leading the uh, 49ers at Soldier Field a few weeks ago. And then the Bucks game, obviously, 35 to three. The Lions over under record with it set at 20 and a half is three and seven. So seven games have stayed under three have gone over the three that went over was week one versus the 49ers 31 to 10. They were trailing 17 to 14. Then in week two at Green Bay and then a few weeks back, however long it was 17 to 16. They were trailing on the road against the Rams. It's got to be under nothing for me. Because even if Jared Goff is going, it doesn't make the team that much better to thinking there's going to be a whole mess of points coming, right? So if you get 21, under is the play. Look, because if the Bears have success offensively, I don't think it's going to be necessarily at least right away because of Andy Dalton in the passing game. I think it's going to be because of David Montgomery. They're, of course, wanting to instill the running game at the beginning, which they always want to do, especially when they're going to be banged up and especially against the Detroit Lions team that is awful against a run, that will wind down the clock. It's going to be a lower scoring game for sure, especially in the first half. And while the Bears defense is banged up again, you know, they should be able to be decent enough against the Lions offense that is terrible. So under 21, if you can get it for the first half, would be total points under 21 total points in the first half would probably be the top play to make. If you're looking for individual points, uh, Lions is at nine and a half for the first half, shaded to the over minus, or actually it's minus 120 each way, over nine and a half, minus 120, under minus. Let me double check that actually. I may have wrote that wrong, uh, down wrong, but um, well, now of course my screen isn't loading, but look, nine and a half, regardless of what the odds are, the Lions have gone over that in four out of 10 games. They've stayed under it in six. The Bears have allowed opponents to score more than nine and a half points in the first half in five out of 10 games. The Bears total points in the first half is 10 and a half, shaded to the under minus 134. The over 10 and a half is minus 105. Bears over under record with this number is three and seven, meaning they have stayed under 10 and a half first half points in seven out of 10 games. Conversely, the Lions have allowed opponents over this mark in seven out of 10 games. The only three to stay under was Baltimore, who had 10, Cincinnati, and also Pittsburgh. Both of those had 10 points against the Lions. I just don't see how you can bet over 10 and a half with Chicago at this point. But instead of kind of, sketching out about that one or you know sweating that one out because as bad as the bears are we know just as bad as the lions are and vice versa that's why i think your best play in the first half is total points under 21 if you can get it that would be my best play for the first half with the bears and the lions um something also just to note when you're kind of doing these total bets you also want to see how these teams have been doing in the red zone 
It's important because that's a huge chunk. The only way you're getting overs is if you're getting touchdowns. So looking at how Detroit performs in the red zone, when they're in the red zone, they score a touchdown 47.8% of the time. 30th is what that ranks. Not good. Not good at all. When the Bears are in the red zone, they score a touchdown 52% of the time. 27th worst. Not much better. Defensively, Detroit, they are allowing opponents to score a touchdown in the red zone 79.3% of the time. That is dead last, 32nd in the NFL. The Bears are allowing opponents to score 55.3% of the time in the red zone, 14th. So what you take away from that is that, look, the Bears, when they're in the red zone, aren't very successful, but the lines are bad enough to where they might be able to actually have some success. Conversely, the Lions are so bad when trying to score a touchdown in the red zone, and the Bears are somewhat decent that you think, yeah, Detroit's probably going to be limited. But at the end of the day, what you take away from that is it's going to be a lower scoring game, and probably, especially in the first half, which has been very, very consistent for the Bears this season. So under 21, if you can get it, first half points would be the best play for the first half, in my opinion. So that's going to be us really just finish up our first half betting angles. That's the only one I would play, if anything. But let's go over the props next. We'll talk about Andy Dalton. We'll talk about David Montgomery, DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson, and Darnell Mooney. Those are the top player props that I think could be most favorable betting-wise for tomorrow's game on Thanksgiving. So stick around, player props coming up next, right here on the Chicago City Cats, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. 1-800-426-2537. The VEASAN midseason football special is here. So put the VEASAN betting experts to work for you. From now through February, for only $99, you get daily best bet emails, 24-7 video streaming, along with betting splits for every sport, Point Spread Weekly, plus in-depth data and analysis, all on VEASAN.com. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe and get everything we have to offer for the rest of the entire football season for just $99. That's VSIN.com slash subscribe. All right, let's jump into some of these props for the Thanksgiving Day matchup between the Bears and the Lions. Is this an excuse actually to get away from your family? Or is your family going to call you out and say, no, what are you talking about? You don't want to watch that Lions and Bears game. That's gross. That's kind of like the one, maybe not the one time, but seldom. Or is it that bad of a game where your family members are going to be like, no, we're not letting you go this time. You, you got to hang with us because we know you don't actually want to watch that game. Uh, it's early enough, though. Your family's probably not over in the first place. But look, this game is, I feel like this game is going to be just an absolute mess after. Even if the Bears win, because I can't imagine they win in an impressive fashion. But also, regardless, because it, all the eyes are going to be on Matt Nagy, but even if they lose, my goodness, this is going to be one 
for the books, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's so bad that you almost have to be excited for it. But please don't go into this game with expectations unless it's expectations of like certain player props and stuff. Or like we said, the first half betting angle. But in terms of full game outcome, I think you got to be very, very leery when you're betting that. Because who the hell knows with these teams? But look, let's get into it. Andy Dalton, the Red Rocket, baby. Passing yards for Andy Dalton. 215 and a half is the lowest number out there. Over, under, minus 114. We've only gotten pretty much a two-game sample size. I mean, we got the half against the Bengals, but I'm not really counting that. Look, week one at Los Angeles, when 27 of 38 in the air, 206 passing yards and one interception. This past week versus Baltimore, in the second half alone, Mr. Andy Dalton had 11 completions on 23 passing attempts, 201 passing yards and two passing touchdowns, oddly enough. Now it's a, of course, a favorable matchup against the Lions who rank 28th in DVOA pass defense. They're also allowing 249 passing yards per game. And you look at who they've played against in comparing this prop number at 215 and a half, only three quarterbacks have failed to get over this mark versus Detroit. Justin Fields being one of them at 209. Uh, Jalen Hurts at 103. They weren't passing the ball. Baker Mayfield, 176 last week. Baker stinks. Their passing game stinks. So does the Bears. But Andy Dalton is actually more consistent than Baker Mayfield, let's be honest. I would only bet over for his passing yards, but the reason I wouldn't make it a best bet is because if they get that ground game going, if they get the early lead, it's only going to be run, 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 run against Detroit, who has a worse run defense than pass defense. So just wanted to talk about it, but don't go crazy with Dalton and his passing yards. What about passing touchdowns? One and a half for Dalton. Over plus 120, under minus 150. I would actually bet under on this, but I'm not infatuated with laying minus a buck 50. So ultimately, I'm not going to touch it, but would have the strong lean to the under. Now, we did have two passing touchdowns in just a half versus Baltimore last week, but... Detroit allowing 1.7 touchdown passes per game. Only three quarterbacks have passed for more, more than one touchdown against Detroit. Rodgers had four, Burrow had three, and Stafford had three. I don't really think that um, Dalton's going to get over it because it's going to be a lower scoring game. And again, they're going to look to hand the ball off. So under on his passing touchdowns. Passing attempts, the number that I've seen out there, 29 and a half, shaded to the over. Lions are getting thrown on only 30 times per game, which is actually the second fewest in the NFL. Why is that? Because teams are always dominating and don't need to pass it. And because, again, the running game is a lot worse. Running defense, rather. So he did have 23 pass attempts in the second half versus Baltimore. But, look, they were trailing. Do you think they're going to be trailing versus Detroit? I don't know. I mean, he had 38 pass attempts versus the Rams. Only four opposing quarterbacks have thrown 30 or more passes versus Detroit this season. If you think it's going to be a close game or one where the Bears are trailing, then yeah, I could see you talking yourself into the over, but I just don't think that's a bet you should make. But just wanted to put that out there, especially because you have to be cognizant of that. The Lions are only getting thrown on 30 times per game, but again, a large part because they're always trailing so their opponents don't need to throw the ball all right let's talk about a guy who could have a huge game on thanksgiving day and that is david montgomery rushing yards prop 75 and a half 
over under minus 114. Up to this point, Montgomery averaging 72 rushing yards per game, but he's only gone over 75 and a half rushing yards just twice this year. Week one at Los Angeles, got 108. Other game versus Detroit, 23 carries, 106 rushing yards, and two rushing touchdowns. Now, we mentioned the poor Lions run defense. They rank 29th in DVOA run defense, and they allow opponents 140 and a half rushing yards per game, 4.4 yards per carry to opposing tailbacks. This is one you look at and go, well, of course, you got to bet over on whatever Montgomery's rushing prop is. And I understand it, and I agree with it, but it's just so inflated because of the opponent and because bookmakers aren't dumb. They know what we're thinking, that it's going to be Montgomery all day long. And it still may not be high enough. I get it. But I just don't want to bet this inflated number, even though I do think he gets over it. I don't want to look back and go, well, you know, in retrospect, maybe you realize that the lines could be leading and that they weren't going to run it as much. Maybe you realize it was inflated and shouldn't have bet it just regardless. And maybe, you know, they get some Khalil Herbert action or Damian, you know, whatever it is. I don't know. I'm just not in love with the idea of betting such a high number. Even though, like I said, I do think he goes over it. And I would not talk anyone out of betting the over on it. I just know it's inflated because of this situation. So, yeah, strong lean to the over, but not an official play. One that I think is actually pretty interesting to actually fade Montgomery. Uh, his rushing plus receiving 97 and a half. Over minus 113, unders minus 115. Now, he could very well get over this in the ground game himself. And that's probably why I'm not going to end up betting it. But when you look at his receiving yards, you know, he's only averaging 12 and a half per game. And the only time he's gone over this combined mark of 97 and a half is when he rushed for 100 or more. Detroit also limiting running backs to just 3.7 receptions, 32 and a half receiving yards per game. So look, David Montgomery's not a guy who's utilized in the checkdowns, in the passing game, everything kind of surrounding that. So I think you look under on his rushing plus receiving, or of course, you could just go to his receiving and look under 17 and a half. I'm not in love with that idea, but I don't think you're going to see Montgomery necessarily involved in the passing game, which seldom we do. That's where Williams comes about, or they just... You know, they don't do screens. They don't do checkdowns. They're not smart. We know this. So I would look under on his rushing plus receiving combined. But on his rushing, you can only look over. Speaking of rushing yards, DeAndre Swift has been a maniac the last couple of games. Had 130 rushing yards at Pittsburgh on 33 carries. Afterward, just 14 carries at Cleveland, but still managed to rack up 136 rushing yards. So 62.5 is the number listed. He's averaging 55 and a half per game. I'd want to bet over here, especially with the uncertainty of golf. But, you know, Williams was really the guy who torched up the Bears the last time. I mean, for Chicago, Swift only had eight carries and 16 rushing yards. But seven opposing running backs have gone over this mark for Chicago. Najee Harris got 62, so he just missed it. But you have to consider that the Bears do rank 22nd in DVOA run defense, and they are allowing 123 rushing yards per game and opposing tailbacks, racking up 4.3 yards per carry. So he's only gone over this twice, and it was the last two games. But if he keeps producing like he has the last two games, then of course he's going to cruise over this. But I don't know what... The game plan and scheming and 
utilization of DeAndre Swift against the Bears is going to be. So because of that uncertainty, I think you stay away, but did just want to note, he has been cruising in the ground game the last two spots, 130 and 136 respectively. A weak Bears run defense that is missing Khalil Mack, maybe missing Akeem Hicks. You know how it's going right now. Wouldn't be surprised to see DeAndre Swift get like 80 plus on the ground. Let's talk about a bet that I am pulling the trigger on. It's going to be the opposing tight end, big man, TJ Hawkinson, receiving yards 44 and a half. Now, this one isn't the one I'm putting on, but still just wanted to discuss this. Um, he's averaging 50 receiving yards per game. He's gone over 44 and a half in six out of 10 games. Last go around against Chicago, got four catches on eight targets, had 42 receiving yards. But you know what the correlation is? is his receptions prop mark of four and a half is where you're seeing everywhere. And every time he's gone over his receptions mark, he has also gone over his receiving yards prop mark of 44 and a half. But I am only playing his receptions mark over four and a half because you're getting plus money everywhere. I got plus 120. At this point, Hawkinson is averaging 5.4 receptions on 7.3 targets per game. Okay. And you look at the Bears. I mean, they're not terrible against tight ends and they're not necessarily dominant but you know mark andrews last week got eight receptions and that was with a team who was hurting with limited receivers and that is a team just like the lions you're getting plus money to the over heck he's gone over this in the in six out of ten games and i believe the last four out of five overall so you bet i'm gonna take that plus money and go tj hawkinson over four and a half receptions if you're giving me plus money, got to make that play. I could see him torching up the Bears here. So TJ Hawkinson, official play, over four and a half receptions for plus money. And the last prop that we'll get into that I am pulling the trigger on, Darnell Mooney, over 55 and a half receiving yards. This one seems to be getting bet up. I would probably play it upwards to like 57 and a half. Honestly, you know, probably 58 and a half. But look. You know, Mooney's averaging four receptions on about seven and a half targets per game. Receiving yards, he's averaging 57 per game. He's only gone over this mark in four out of 10 games. But especially, you know, my thought process is that Allen Robinson probably isn't going to be involved in this game. Okay. And the last game, he had 16 freaking targets to Darnell Mooney. Five catches, 16 targets, 121 receiving yards, and one touchdown. By the way, he's gotten a touchdown in the last two games now. He's plus money for any time touchdown score. Consider that. But his other great game this season, best game, I mean, five catches, seven targets, 125 receiving yards versus Detroit. The first go around, every opposing wide receiver, every opposing lead receiver who has faced the Lions has gone over this, except for Cleveland because they can't pass. But every other team the Lions have faced, whether it's a tight end or receiver, has eclipsed this mark of 55 and a half as the lead person, okay? Mooney's going to be the lead guy. He has consistently been the lead guy for the Bears, and especially you saw how many targets he got with Dalton as QB. Assuming Allen Robinson's out of the mix, someone's need, someone needs to get the ball thrown to him, and the Lions secondary is not solid. We know this. So look for Darnell Mooney over 55 and a half, up to 58 and a half receiving yards. I haven't seen a receptions prop. I'm assuming it would be at like four and a half. I would, if you got a lay in that spot, like over minus 110, I don't think you'd do it. But if they're giving you even money or better, yeah, I think you take that. 
16 targets. That's outstanding. That's incredible. So look for Mooney over his receiving yards prop. Someone's got to catch the ball. And all it takes is one breakout play with Mooney like we've seen, like we saw last week. I think the same can happen. Dalton's got to throw to somebody, and Mooney is that somebody. So overall, at the end of the day, I'm only doing two official prop plays, and it's going to be TJ Hawkinson over four and a half receptions for plus 120. Darnell Mooney over 55 and a half receiving yards. Again, would play that up to about 58 and a half. Someone needs to catch the ball for the Bears, and that someone has got to be your dude this year. Darnell Mooney, a.k.a. Sticks, a.k.a. someone who can be a huge player for this team. Figured it out after the rusty first half. Hopefully he figures it out right away, and the Bears and Mooney can cruise to a nice victory. But look, again, my final game prediction here. I honestly don't even know what to put this score at. I really don't. Maybe like a 17-14, 17-13. I don't you know, I honestly haven't even thought about it that much because I'm just so concerned with who's playing in this game, what the status of Nagy is going to be, and how I'm going to feel, and what I'm gonna say, and what people are gonna talk about if the Bears lose this game. That's gonna stink. But it's a very likely chance they could be the team. To give the 2021 Lions their first win. Which would be pathetic. But look. Bears are banged up. Locker room is in shambles. Coach is not going to be here after the game. Maybe. We'll see. Only way I think he's gone is if they lose. But man. This game has just so many things that could happen. That are just going to be disastrous. And the other bet also really quick that I would play is Bears. Lions first half total points under 21 if you get that. But final prediction for this game, I think the safer bet is to take the three points with Detroit. Ideally, you'd get three and a half, but look, it is what it is. I say you probably get, let's go, oh man, 23 to, no, well, I want to say 23-20. Maybe like 20 to 17, Bears win got to be a little bit optimistic lines right there at that three point spread also actually something that could be incredibly interesting in this game what about cairo santos and his kicking points now that i'm just thinking about it six and a half again like the bears i mean it, nothing that he did last week is going to sway me away from not wanting to bet him i mean that field goal that he missed absolutely blows again the bears shouldn't have even had to kick a field goal there but look santos he's gone over six and a half let's see in one two three four games so not great against detroit had six the first score around where they scored 24 points but this could very well be a field goal type of game where the bears are just not executing offensively so maybe you could look at santos over his kicking point six and a half minus 106 it's shaded to the under minus 122 because they're not assuming points but if they can move the ball maybe they don't execute in the red zone santos could easily get a few field goals or a couple and then he get an extra point so um look I'd probably say 2017 or 2320. I think Bears barely edge it out. Just a pride type of thing. But I don't want to lay any points with Chicago. And I don't want to lay a steep money line price to bank on them. Would absolutely not shock me if the Lions win this game. It shouldn't shock anybody based on how the Lions have been competitive. And what the nature of this Bears team is right now. So prepare yourselves for D-Day in the Chicagoland area. 
But maybe there's a part of you that is like, hey, silver lining. Look, if we win, we win. We didn't lose to the Lions. If we lose, you got to think Nagy's gone after. You're not rooting for them to lose. You're rooting for a win and then for Nagy to get the hell out of here. But I don't think it's the end of the world if they lose. Yes, it would be completely disgusting. It would be completely embarrassing. And the Lions are, you know, kind of an embarrassing team like they've always been. But they have had respectable games despite them being winless. It's okay to say that. It's okay to admit it. You know, if you're going out there still talking smack as a Bears fan, then you should feel bad about yourself if they lose. But if you're a realistic Bears fan, you've seen what has happened this whole season, last year, even though they made it playoffs. Everything since Nagy has been coached despite 2018. This game, if they lose, should not be a shock to you. It shouldn't. That's the state of the Chicago Bears right now. And it stinks to say that. It does. But it is what it is. Let's hope they can pull it out. Let's hope there's some positivity. And let's hope they can end this season on a high note. But I'm not ready to bank on that and not ready to mentally and emotionally get my hopes up for that. But best of luck with whatever you're playing in this game. Hopefully you enjoy it. More importantly, enjoy Thanksgiving. Have a happy Thanksgiving. And regardless of the outcome, don't let it spoil your holiday with your family. Don't take it out on them. Take it out on your TV instead. Not physically, but, you know, get one of those squishy balls or something. Something to chuck out. Go don't do a turkey trot. I was going to say, go do a turkey trot. Don't be the person who does a turkey trot. We can't trust those people. No, nah, I'm just messing. But look, um, enjoy your turkey bowls. And hey, if you're doing, and I want to do this too, you know, everybody, us in the Chicago area, it's called Blackout Wednesday, right? You know, people call it other things. It's always a debate every year, but Blackout Wednesday, you go out to the bars, you're hammered, you're showing up to the turkey bowl early the next morning, still drinking beer, eating turkey. It's more funny than competitive is what I was telling someone when you go to it because you just see who shows up the most hungover and, and still in the clothes they wore from last night. But we got a tradition we always do. We do the turkey bowl at like 7, 8 in the morning, but you're basically staying up till 4 in the morning. And then you're going there, still drinking a little bit, having some turkey subs. It's great. It's awesome. It hits a little bit different in that cool weather with the cold beer and the turkey after playing some football, being a little bit hungover. The hangover stings a little bit less in the colder weather knowing you've got football and Thanksgiving to look forward to. So one of my favorite holidays. I hope you all enjoy it as much as I do. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to another edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. As always, be sure to like and subscribe. Follow me on Twitter at DannyBurke5 and catch my show Rush Hour on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, Fubo TV, Sling TV, YouTube TV, iHeartRadio, the Xfinity app, Marquee Sports Network, and as always, VEASAN.com and the VEASAN app. Happy Thanksgiving to you all, and take care. We'll catch up after the game at some point, but man, let's hope for the best. Enjoy, everyone. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.